welcome everybody to another episode of the season 2 of Buzzing with Barca the Barca Buzz podcast after a totally crazy crazy night of the final transfer day we are here we covered it uh, throughout on our live stream and today we are here to basically give you guys the gist of what happened uh, i have with me today uh, pulkit and thomas thomas how are you yeah i'm good i'm how are you yeah we're fine uh, i'm fine and pulkit what about you good evening good how are you doing yeah we're doing very well uh, very well and yeah it was just a whole wall street night that night wasn't it you two were with me uh, in the podcast uh, in the live stream and yeah uh, just loved it there was hustle all around a lot of drama uh, just like every window and ups and downs sudden news so yeah we're going to start it off with ilash moriba uh, after a long problematic uh, to say the least a long problematic episode with the player he has finally gone to rb leipzig he had gotten offers from tottenham but he was ready to sacrifice one year on the bench in order to join the bundesliga and uh, let's just start uh, to tell the audience uh, the details of the de- uh, deal and what we think about it pulkit will start with you yeah so he has left for around 15-20 million plus add-ons as well very in variables to leipzig of course he was ready to sit on the bench and he won free earlier but uh, he decided to move to germany and uh, you right it was a very problematic time you know uh, negotiating with the salary he wanted a lot of money that we could not of course afford and uh, we were all saying that you know when messi is has agreed to a paid pay card 50% pay card and other players are on the verge of agreeing so why money but demanding so much so i think um, laporta is someone who of course does not uh, you know care about player power he just wants the club to be in a better financial position i think we'll get to that later and um, it's a good thing for the player and for the club we got the money player is happy and um, so it's done what do you think thomas uh yeah i think um that we do need to get rid of players that you know on that really don't uh negotiate uh, with the clubs for a lower pay um i think that Yeah, I think getting 16 million um for him is a good deal. Yes, it helps us financially in some bad situation and in this transfer market, yeah. So yes, uh, that's what's the episode with uh, Ilash Moriba. Uh, good luck to him in RB Leipzig, but we will move on to a little bit more emotional transfer of uh, MSN Royal. He uh, was very excited to be in FC Barcelona. Uh, it was very evident from his social media posts, the way he carried himself in uh, on the field as well as off the field in front of uh, reporters and in the Barcelona YouTube videos. Um, even his mother told some reporters that uh, when uh, Emerson was finally accepted to Barcelona, both of them cried because uh, ever since Emerson was a little kid, he used to idolize Dani Alves and used to always tell his mother that one day he would play for Barcelona just like his idol well it did happen but uh, it was very short lived unfortunately of course there are uh, both positives and negatives to this and that's what we'll discuss uh, thomas you want to start this um yeah um it was uh, very uh, 
sad to see um, a player that joined us very um, in, in this summer. Um, we paid nine million for him and he joined, and he was very happy, very passionate um, for the club. And yeah, and you know, it was personally it was kind of sad to see him leaving because um, you know he wanted to stay, he wanted to do well. But um, looking from the first three matches, um, he wasn't at like the best level they expected him to be. But I guess getting uh, 30 million for him. Yeah, it was all right, but yeah, you got to feel bad for him for you know, not being able to stay for longer. But yeah, I guess um, it's the better for us. Since we do have Nguetha and um, Dest, I think it's all right. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. You know that um, he just arrived and it was pretty emotional for him, his family, everything. And uh, we were going we to say that, okay, our right back spot is kind of sorted for the next decade with Dest and uh, Emerson and of course Nguetha now. Um, you know, competing for the sport, and we are kind of, you know, well equipped. Uh, even if there is injury, there are injuries or something like that. You know, we're kind of taken care of. But uh, came as a surprise for all of us. I mean, first it started with that search or a swap. So glad that did, that did not happen. <laughs> and um, but yeah, we. I think for the uh, for the financial from the financial perspective, it's good for us. But uh, I really feel bad for the player. Yes, 100% finance-wise, it was a very good decision uh, by Laporta. But yeah, there are emotions involved. But sadly, uh, sometimes for the greater good, they must be sacrificed. And that's what happened today. Moving on to a more agreeable transfer for all of us, Ray Manach. He was uh, transferred to Spezia. And we uh, wish him best of luck over there. And Polkit, let's start with your views on this transfer. Well, uh, he did a good pre-season. People were making memes that uh, Raymond I has played better than Griezmann ever did in the two years. In pre-season, Raymond I has played better than that, and uh, he scored a lot of goals. That hat trick in the first game at the Juventus Stadium didn't he score uh, against uh, Nastic? It was, I think, and um, good for him because we all knew that he wasn't going to get chances uh, in the first team at least because of being so so much behind. For the behind in the pecking order, so good for him. Although it's like a two, two and a, two and a half million deal, but uh, good for us. Uh, every money matters right now. In that uh, Kukureya Kitafi deal, also I think we get 1.5 million or 1.8 million or something like that. So every money right now matters, and uh, good for the player. He get to play, and good for us also financially. So yeah, what do you think, Tom? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I think we did need a departure. Um, we needed to. Get um, most players out of the squad as possible to for the wage bill and um, for squad numbers as well. Um, yeah, and obviously his uh, uh, purchase option is two million or three million, I think. So yeah, I think we needed to free up space in the squad. So I think it's uh, a good, agreeable um, transfer. Yeah, almost the entire fan base has the same opinion on this transfer. But moving on to star star transfer of the night. A uh, full-on roller coaster of uh, news regarding Antoine Griezmann. We all know that uh, early in the season there were talks about him and Saul being a swap uh, between Atletico and Barca. Back then, people were very tensed about strengthening a direct rival. But however, last uh, transfer window night, we didn't see that concern in people. Uh, mostly because it was a very, very good deal. Uh, Saul Griezmann didn't materialize. If it would have, we might have been able to keep Messi. 
but however bygones are bygones Saul has been transferred to Chelsea last window and Antoine Griezmann was very very happy to resume uh, his career at his former club uh, Atletico de Madrid uh, who have a very very strong team right now uh, there were a lot uh, and a lot of uh, speculations regarding the deal different reliable journalists saying different uh, final statistics and facts about the contract that took place However, right now we know that uh, the Griezmann to Atletico deal is a loan which can be extended by one year. Uh, we get 10 million now and we will. it's an obligatory buy option even if they increase one more year uh, on his contract. They'll still have to pay us 40 million when they finally purchase him. It is an obligation. So as for me, in my opinion, this is a very, very good deal for us. Not only because of the obligatory buy option and the 10 million right now, it is because of his enormous, enormous wages and uh, even after being paid these wages, he just doesn't fit in the squad dynamics. He uh, came on every match, had little to no contributions. He tried his best, obviously. It is very suggestive of his efforts. His heat map is there. He is traveling everywhere, but his output, very negligible. And basically, it was just way too much even for a starter player, let alone a player like Griezmann, who didn't even fit in the squad. We'll start with uh, your view, Pulkit. What do you think of this deal? Well, you know my thoughts on Griezmann, right? You know very, very well how Mukhtar has been in terms of his. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, bias is there. Um, of course, um, I think we all agree. I think with the fan base also that he was never a Barca type player when we bought him two years ago, and we just bought him because, of course, Bartomeu, right? So. Um, and he didn't, uh, right from the off, he wasn't the player that he was supposed to be because of the system that we play. He plays off on number 9, of course, he scored last night in that 1-1 draw France, that France had. Um, so, but I mean, it was just not a good match, you know, and um, two years he spent enormous wages and a lot of other controversies off the ball regarding his uh, playing position and uh, Disha coming out and saying that he's a good player and then Kuman saying that if a player has a problem, he should discuss it with me personally, whatever. So, a lot of things were there, you know, off and on the pitch, on and off the pitch. And uh, it was just not a good match and you just covered it all with, with the financial situation, the wages and sportingly, sporting-wise also. It just wasn't a good match and I'm glad that he's left. Good for the player and good for us. Uh, and um, of course, Jao Felix was uh, you know, discussed in the deal and uh, Gil Marino, I think is the name, uh, the athletic president. Who, uh, who denied at the end that okay, we're not going to give Felix to an, an, any rival club. So that did not happen. Uh, kind of glad also might have worked, might not have worked. Again, a player with you know wages we had to give, uh, cover for him and everything. So good uh, that you know that did not happen on some level. So we yeah, are overall very happy with the decision and uh, let's hope that financially we can, you know, and sporting wise also we can do better. What do you think, Thomas? Um, I think this is a great deal um, for, us to, uh, for us to let go of Griezmann. Um, obviously, his 40 million um, wage is really huge. It's, uh, it was our highest earner and it is way too much for a player like him and, you know, he does not offer 
much uh, to the squad. You know, he doesn't really have an identity uh, for a role in the squad. Like, you know, pushed out wide. That's not really his um, position. Is his first more in the centre, behind the strike, or the like, in, like the middle uh, role in the attack. Um, and I think obviously you see that we are a strengthening arrival. Obviously, where he came from, so it's going to be um, dangerous for the league for us to see um, Simeone and um, Griezmann. Uh, link up together obviously they know how everything works and yeah but i think we are barcelona and we have won the league now we talk about replacement uh, luke de jong a player who was uh, called for by ronald koeman himself we were talking about the dutch leadership in a previous episode of the podcast and yes luke de jong he is not that great of a player but as many fans on twitter are saying that they would rather see a player with Luke de Jong's wages sit on the bench than a player uh, with Griezmann's wages uh, come on the field and practically do nothing. So yes, Luke de Jong isn't really as bad as it looks on the paper, especially because Ronald Koeman uh, specifically asked for that player for the centre forward position. We all know he was looking for a proper nine and if uh, Luke de Jong is in Koeman's plans, by all means we must let him cook, we must let him execute his plans because otherwise he won't be able to uh, provide his best output. He must have something in plans uh, in mind for him. So yes, Pulkit, uh, what do you want to say about the Luke de Jong transfer to Barcelona? Well, um, it started with that Pjanic, de Jong, Luke de Jong swap, didn't it? Uh, Pjanic going the other way and uh, the, uh, Luke de Jong coming here. Uh, but that did not happen. Uh, although Pjanic could leave, still leave. Uh, there are reports that uh, the, the clubs in Turkey and Russia, where the window is not yet closed, and since we can sell, um, can't buy, of course, but we can sell, so that can happen. But coming on to Luke de Jong, um, I think um, in terms of wages, it's good. I mean, uh, we can easily afford his wages, and it's a loan. And also, Sevilla are paying a part of his wages. Not sure how much, but uh, Sevilla are paying a part of his wages. So it's financially for us a brilliant deal, and it's a purchase option. It's not an obligation. So if we uh, do not like the player, if he does not perform well, so we don't have to live with this problem and try to sell him again. So it. Uh, um, Sporting-wise and financially, everything's in our favor for the most part. And um, but we were talking about this, this the other day also. Something won't be when I said that Luke De Jong isn't that great a player. He's not a good finisher. And um, I don't know how he'll play. Of course, Kuman um, uh, knows him this time at the Dutch national team. Then uh, Memphis and Frankie De Jong are also there for him to you know help him adapt. Uh, and he knows La Liga, he's been here for a season, I believe, uh, in Sevilla. So, uh, it would not be that difficult for him to adapt. Um, uh, but we'll have to see how he performs. But it's good to have options up front. Since exactly. we have lost this and so, Exactly. Yeah. And their chemistry between De Jong, Depay and Luke De Jong. As you were saying, yeah, Luke yeah. De Jong's finishing isn't the greatest. But, of course, Komen also knows that maybe he has some different plans for him. Maybe he just wants him uh, more off the ball, like with Brathwaite. He uh, used to play Brathwaite on the left wing because he was way, way Definitely. better uh, off the ball. And bad Brathwaite's and off the ball movements are brilliant. You're right. You're right. Exactly. Right. He and, finds his pieces. Yeah, yeah. And as far as uh, the latest news, uh, 24 seconds ago, as of the recording of this video, uh, Sevilla versus Barcelona is not postponed. 
so it looks like uh, if Luke de Jong starts the match his very first match for Barcelona will be against his former club so that will be very interesting Araujo Papu Gomez and Acuña uh, will not be able to play so that's a little bit uh, of a trade off for both sides but yeah Luke de Jong uh, Coman specifically asked for him and we know uh, the deal with our wingers right now more on that later so i think it's time to let uh, Thomas uh, say what his opinion on this is um yeah um i think this is a decent um loan signing uh we got him for low wages and Sevilla obviously going to be paying a part of it and uh I want to talk real quick about how Memphis and um Luke Dion did uh combine in PSV at that time in 2014 and 15 um where they had 50 goal contrib- contributions in that season so they do know how to link up uh, very well um with each other and obviously at that time in the Dutch national team the um Frankie Dion, Luke Dion and Memphis Pai they know each other quite well and obviously the Kuman this time coaching with the national team so um I think that uh, it's a good signing um, obviously the movements um Kuman could be using for that um but yeah I think this is a Kuman um, influence signing so I think Yeah, it's pretty good and in I think he's a big game player as well um in the Europa League final um, he did score and in the semi-final and uh, the Europa League um he did a score as well against Manchester United in the 2020 uh and move on to our next topic since uh, all of the transfers of the window are covered we're going to talk about the finances according to reports the payroll has reduced from 617 million from when Bartomeu was reigning uh, to 420 million Masterclass by Laporta, what do you guys think? Pulkit, it is a Masterclass by Laporta, isn't it? It is definitely. Laporta showing why he is Laporta, right? <laughs> In this yeah, situation. Yeah. The, the charisma, the kind of, uh, you know, the decision-making that he brings and the kind of risk-taker he is, you know, kind of that uh, is very much shown. in the uh, in the way the transfer business and the club how it's being operated under him and we were discussing the deadline day also that laporta has done a lot in the barca femini uh, kind of uh, helping help it to gain more prominence also right so it just it, it just shows that you know uh, the club is moving in the right direction player power that the under bartomeu was the case is not there anymore players have uh, agreed to wage card griezmann's gone coutinho might be sold in january or next summer or whatever you know and dembele is going to renew with a wage card uh, it came i think a couple of hours back or an hour ago um, on twitter so things are moving in the right direction uh, so very very good and uh, you know good to see that the wage bill is reduced and um, as much criticism as he has gotten with the messi saga i think uh, this is a very very good thing and um, uh, so what do you think thomas about the wage bill and the overall financial situation uh well i think it's gotten uh, much better um obviously because of laporta and his um huge uh, lead, uh being a good president and we've saved um from all the um, salary savings from all the exits from the sum transfer window we've saved um saved 173 um million euros uh in wages yearly and uh, and from all the uh, departures uh, we've gotten 155 million 
if Ola learn and um, learn by our clauses are met, we'll get 151 million euros from the player savers this window. So I think um, that'll be good for future um, future arrivals so we can buy um, strength in our squad with this, which is much needed. So I think we've done really, um, we've done all right. We've done pretty good, especially in the deadline day. We did really good um, the transfer market as looking at our situation. Um, so yeah. So yes, uh, it was a very good performance uh, by Laporta. And there are, of course, a few more players like Miralem Pjanic, Umtiti and Coutinho who need to be offloaded. Uh, Miralem Pjanic, as latest reports say, uh, by Martinez Ferran, uh, who is top reliable, he says that Miralem Pjanic has three options. Either Zenit sent uh, Petersburg, who would be uh, willing to take him on loan and pay a large part of his salary. Uh, to a super offer from an Arab country, he hasn't said which, or he has to stay at Barca by considerably re- reducing his salary. Uh, Umtiti, as we know, uh, the club wants to offload him, but he has no intentions of leaving. So we'll see what happens in the January transfer window. He does want to play for a UCL club, uh, a club who will be playing in the Champions League. Uh, there's no such demand uh, of him from any such club, but we'll see in the January transfer window. As for Coutinho, we don't really uh, know if Coman wants him in his plans or not. So yes, things are overall moving in the right direction. And as for the cumulative funds, Albert Trohe said that if Barca are going to sell such a star signing as Griezmann and keep a relatively low earner uh, such as Luke de Jong as his replacement, Albert Trohe says that in his opinion, uh, the only thing this points to is that Laporta will go all in for Haaland in 2022 and as uh, for some people were asking that why not just go for a good number nine who is less expensive uh, we do need a striker we need a good striker but why go for a star signing well here's my opinion on this is that we need a revenue generator now that Messi is not here we need a big commercial face of the club who will bring in revenue jersey sponsors and all so we do need a star signing. Barcelona is the biggest club in the world and we need uh, big star signings to be the commercial faces of the club. So yes, a revenue generator is needed and Holland talks are there from a long time. So guys, what do you think? Uh, Thomas, we'll start with you. Well, I do think that um, Holland's arrival, it's, looking, uh, it's between us, Manchester City and Real Madrid um, and uh, I was pretty sure yesterday or two days ago, um, it was saying that Major City was in the pole position to sign him as they do have the money and finances all set and ready, but Pep and the Royal do have a small issue with each other, um, so that is a logical in their way. Um, for Barcelona, we've saved um, with uh, Dumbbell's uh, window and we've saved that for a bit. Um, uh, all the loans uh, we're going to, uh, we've taken, I think we have we could um, convince uh, him um, to sign and, Nick, uh, and next year Mbappe would be probably most likely joining Real Madrid and I don't, th- I don't see uh, Mbappe and Haaland um, coexisting with each other in the same team so that could leave um, Haaland open to us but obviously in the span of 12 months anything could happen so um, yeah I think uh, we could sign him, uh, it looks likely but anything could happen. Yes, so Polkett, what's your opinion on this? Well, um, 
I think it's a good thing, and uh, we know La Puerta is known for making statements, right? <laughs> uh and it's been the case since the ronaldinho signing or maybe before that also he has always been the one who makes massive statements when he has to when he needs to and um, this time it could be no different and like thomas pointed out that raiola and pep guardiola do not have a good relationship but uh laporta and raiola have a good relationship so that works in our favor and um, It's what like 75 mil lease clause plus a 40 mil or uh, agent fee, combining Raiola and Alan's father, so it's around 121, 120, 125 million something like that, around 120 million. So of course not a cheap signing overall, but um, I think we have to go all out for him. Like you pointed out, commercially it makes a lot of sense for us, and um, uh, you know to have like a player like Holland for the next decade. It's very very important. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, you know, it should happen. What I believe, what I want. So yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, Laporta has been in the uh, business for uh, decades. He has been there in the golden age of Barcelona. He has many contacts. Uh, Mino Raiola, Holland's agent, uh, being in one of them. Uh, it's one of Laporta's strongest, strongest suits. His relations in the football world. Uh, back when the election campaigns were going on, I did uh, take my opportunity uh, while interviewing Victor Font to ask him what he would do about it. Uh, he did give us a, an answer, but that is going off topic. But yes, uh, Laporta's uh, relations and sources in the footballing world is uh, otherworldly, and it is well renowned. But yes, we'll see next season uh, what he does. As for this season, uh, FC Barcelona has released the kit numbers uh, yesterday, uh, as of recording this video. So Thomas, you wanna brief our viewers about what the numbers are gonna be? So speaking about the kit numbers, um, there's not there's like a few uh, changes. Um, for example, Dembele went from number eleven to number seven, and uh, it, obviously the registered signings are the same. Uh, uh, and um, Luke De Jong has got number seventeen, which was uh, Ansu Fati's um, official registered number. Now uh, and then. Yusuf Dimir got number 11, which was from Dembele, and um, that, those were like the notable ones. And then Ansu Fati did get number 10, the very, very prestigious number 10. Um, so those were the notable um, kid, uh, kid cha- number changes. And obviously, and I forgot that Oscar Mcguetta did get number 22, um, which was Emerson Royals. Um, so that was those were the main changes, and the rest the same. Yeah, uh, Polkit, no, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah Polkit, you wanna go over the rest of the jersey numbers, or should I take it? Oh, um, I'll just go. Um, so Dest is two, Pk is three, Four is Araujo, Busi is five, Puj is six, although he does not play. Kanish uh, is eight. Not sure about his about his future. Memphis nine, of course. Um, then um, Rashford is twelve into thirteen. Thirteen new gets. Back is number fourteen. Long lace fifteen. Pedri still sixteen. Um, then Alba is eighteen. Nineteen is Aguero. Twenty is Roberto. Twenty-one is De Jong. Twenty-three is Umtiti. Twenty-four is Garcia. <coughs> And um, yeah, that's 
Yeah, and 26 is in Akipenya. Uh, and yeah. yeah, and these are basically the New Jersey numbers and not much wide of a topic. It's just this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this one we, thing, this one thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Go ahead. You should tell me, you know, I have a bias and my boy has been promoted to the first team. So that's a good thing. Which means that we are going to trigger his 10 million um, buy option. For sure. So really happy for him and really good play, a really good player. And I think he'll start. Against Sevilla, I know we're going to go to the topic next, but I'm just going to say that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, the Sevilla thing, as of uh, when we were recording this podcast, uh, it was the news was that it has been postponed. Uh, but sadly, it hasn't. Uh, but not really sad. We're going to have a match of preparation before the Bayern match, but still. Uh, the highlight of the kit numbers was, of course, Ansu Fati, uh, which will be our next topic. He has been uh, getting a lot of hate on Twitter for absolutely no reason. People are saying that we must uh, retire the number 10 because Lionel Messi was the greatest player to ever exist. Now, if this was an option, I would be all for it, but it's not an option at all. Uh, La Liga, there are regulations that all the first team players must be in numbers between 1 and 25 and 1, 13 and 25 are uh, reserved for goalkeepers only. So if we just sacrifice the jersey number, it would mean uh, to sacrifice an entire player of the first team for as long as the club exists. And as for uh, other players as Aguero, it was uh, said that some uh, dressing room heavyweights said that Aguero should go ahead and take up the number 10. But apparently Laporta and a few other club officials wanted a face of La Masia to get the number 10 jersey. And who better to give it to than Ansu Fati? The boy deserves every, uh, every respect uh, to get the number 10. He is uh, the most promising one to get the number 10. And what are your views on this? Uh, whether will it be harsh on him? Will he have any pressure? Yeah, what is it? Pulkit, we'll start with you. Um... I think, um, of course, uh, the kid is just 18 years old and uh, you should not be having such expectations from a teenager, players like Messi, a pure once a generation and no one can, nobody can be the next Messi. The fans have to realize this, they have to really, really, uh, you know, think about it. No one can be the next Messi. It adds a lot of pressure on the 18-year-old. He has been out of the game since January, I think, and has not played. And um, it's going to take him a while. And you know uh, uh, how fans are. They're emotional. They're weird. And if he does not uh, perform in the in, in like two, th- two or three games, even if he comes off the bench, or even if he starts for that matter, the fans are going to le- be like, you know, he's fake. He's not... Uh, we misunderstood Fati and uh, he's not the player we all thought he is and everything. So we have to uh, you know, go away, uh, you know, be done with these kinds of expectations. Pedri, of course, uh, also for that matter, if he is not performing well for a few games, it does not mean he's a bad, bad player, although he has performed really well ever since he has touched the ball in a Barcelona shirt. But we have to have patience. It's a transition year. Most of our squad is very young, very, very young. And uh, we have to have patience. And there is a lot of pressure on him. I don't know how he copes with it, but to expect that he's the next Messi is just unrealistic. So we have to keep that aside. 
what do you think of it Back, um, as he always has been. Um, 
in the three five two. Um, centre back, I think Araujo, um, and left centre back maybe Nagnet if uh, PK is not uh, available already. But I would I think I'd rather have Eric Garcia and be in the centre back uh, position. And goalkeeper, yeah, obviously Ter uh, Stegen. Yeah, as for me, I think that since we don't have any fit top-notch world-class wingers like Dembele or Fatih at the moment. I think that the way we played initially uh, this season with a front three, with two uh, practically centre forwards, uh, I don't think it's going to be very wise. I would go for a front two with uh, three centre backs and wing backs. Personally, in my opinion, uh, I would think that uh, that's an only team which would pose really a threat to Bayern. Because hear me out, uh, in goal we have Ter Stegen, uh, in the back three we have Mingueza as the right centre back. Araujo as the mid centre back, and for the LCB, uh, maybe PK starts and he's uh, substituted for Garcia later on. Uh, Ara- uh, Alba and Dest are the two left uh, backs and the right wing backs, uh, so, uh, respectively. As for the midfield, we have one of the mes- uh, best midfields in Europe, uh, Pedri Busquets and Frankie de Jong, who will start eventually, of course. Uh, as he makes, as Coleman makes some changes, maybe we'll see uh, Nico or Gavi on. Though, uh, of course, they won't play majority of the minutes against a team like Bayern. And up front, I would like to see Memphis and uh, Yusuf Demir uh, as the two uh, forwards. I think that's uh, the only team we have in our possession right now which will actually pose a threat to Bayern Munich. So, yes, we must take defence more seriously with three centre-backs and... We must rely uh, on wing-backs since we don't have uh, pure wingers. And uh, Memphis and Demir are a terrific uh, forward uh, duo. Uh, the only thing which needs to be seen is how the, two, how the two's chemistry works out. And the midfield, as I already said, one of the best in Europe. Even in the Euros, we saw uh, Pedri and uh, Busquets midfield dominating uh, most of the tournament. And... Frankie de Jong and Memphis Depay, uh, they have uh, pre-existing good chemistry. Maybe if Coman uh, wants, he can later on substitute Luke de Jong on in the front instead of Demir. Uh, it all depends on him. But realistically, uh, as some reports said that he might trust Coutinho, I personally would hate it if he would trust Coutinho. Then, as we have already uh, stated our formations, uh, we'll start with Pulkit as to what do you think the match uh, scoreline prediction is going to be. Hmm, good question. <laughs> um, I'd say um, 2-1 win for Barca. Good, good. What about you, Thomas? Um, I think it may be uh, one, I might be a draw. Um, 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two. that's my prediction. Yeah, as I said, if we go with a three-centre-back formation uh, with Busquets in, it's going to be very, very hard for Bayern to break through our defence. But I still think they're going to do that at least once. So I think I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet. Uh, so yes, I would incline with Pulkit uh, that we can have a 2-1 victory, provided uh, Coman uses the formation which I suggested. Uh, but reports are saying that if he wins uh, domestic trophies and has a good UCL run, there are very high chances that he might get a contract renewal, a one-year contract renewal from the club. Uh, 
So, Polket, uh, what's your opinion on uh, a contract renewal on Komen? Uh, the only reason I think we renew Komen is because there's no other good manager out there. Irrespective of the success that he gets or not, uh, I think that's the only case because the fans are wanting you know, a manager like Pep or Xavi or whoever you know, um, come in and uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure whether Xavi uh, is ready or he wants to come. Pep also unsure of, no, I'm not sure whether he would like to come back with La Borta and everything there at the club. So, and other managers are of course who have, we've been linked in the past with our uh, Roberto Martinez, Marcelo Gallardo from River Plate, a good manager. So, you know, it remains to be seen whether these people will, will be able to, you know, coach us or not. But um, I think right now the only reason is that there's no other good manager out there. So, and I'm kind of, if there's no one out there, there's no good manager out there, I'm happy with Roman because what can you do, right? So, yeah. Yeah, uh, Thomas, what do you think about the Komen situation? Well, um, looking at the information, um, it's said that um, if Koeman, uh wins the league or wins the Champions League, which is unlikely, um, Koeman would uh, get a instant um, renewal, which seems, uh, which is, I, I don't think we would win the Champions League in the Liga, we might become runners-up, um, but winning it um, seems like a challenge, uh, but it's more likely than winning the Champions League. And, and obviously as to play Ricky Puj and um, Titi apparently is a major part of the project that is um, planned by the Porta and um, the Alemani. So I think playing both of them is uh, something that Krimen needs to work on, um, especially Ricky Puj, he's really young and I think he's a great player. And I think obviously as Bilgit said, that there's not that much uh, good coaches um, out uh, in the market right now. Um, and I would settle for Krumen uh, if there is no one else, uh, but the results have to come in and it, we have to be happy with um, the renewal and like, the staying of Krumen. Yeah, uh, as Pulket and you, both of you said that Komen probably is the only manager we'll get because initially the favourites was uh, Garcia Pimienta, who was fired by Laporta. Uh, as to why or whether we agree is uh, will be going off topic. And the other manager was Xavi, who has, uh, I don't trust, personally, I don't uh, trust him much because he lacks experience in the top stages of Europe. It's going to be like Arteta, Uh, the situation is going to be like uh, trusting Arteta, uh, some people were saying. And yes, Xavi, by all means, is a very, very good coach and he has tremendous potential, one of the greatest players of all time, one of the greatest minds of all time. But uh, I'm not really sure if uh, Barcelona will benefit from Xavi uh, next season or not. But yes, uh, the contract terms are very hard for Komen, of course. Uh, he needs to win La Liga, where uh, Atleti are currently the favourites with their very, very strong team uh, and phenomenal signings this season. And yes, uh, I personally would say, even though I don't like Komen that much, uh, tactically, uh, I mean, uh, of the field as a personality, he's uh, one of the greatest in the world. But even I personally don't uh, 
like the tactics of the tactics of Komen, but still, if he manages to clutch a victory in the La Liga or has a good run in the Champions League, if he can uh, produce trophies in what is called to be a recovery season, I don't see why not. I don't see why he shouldn't get an opportunity to renew because he will have proved himself by then. So yes, that's pretty much it from our end. Uh, we're going to wrap up this episode. Pulkit, uh, Thomas, anything you want to say to our viewers before we sign off? Watch out for you, Sam Dimitri. And I'm super happy on the wings. <laughs> yes, Thomas, what about you? Well, um, I'd like to conclude. I'm hoping that we actually uh, win the Sevilla match and we do good in the Champions League against Bayern. And yeah, hopefully Fatih does and Coutinho, they, Fatih makes an appearance and obviously um, Coutinho does well. I mean, his comeback is remontada, um, as we call it. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Very good podcast. A lot of uh, information we covered today. A lot more topics than usual. So yes, it was a pleasure hosting another performance for you, the viewers. And Vizcal Barca, we're going to be out for our end.